I don't have a crystal ball, but I can predict that you have spent more than your fair share of your own paycheck on your classroom. Teaching can be an expensive job. While I'm not a fortune teller, I am a bit of a word wizard, and I can help you keep from spending a fortune on your classroom. You're about to learn the ins and outs of how to write successful grants on episode 10 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. teacher isn't what it used to be. The good news is you don't have to figure it out all on your own. If you're looking for truth, inspiration, and tips for success in the classroom and beyond, you're in the right place. It's time to turn the page to the future of the profession. This is the next chapter for teachers podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin Spinagle, and thank you for listening to episode 10 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. Okay, everyone, this is my rodeo. I'm not the most confident person in the teacher universe, but if there's one thing I feel I can do well and show you how to do well too, is how to write. That's right, write. Being an effective communicator will serve you well in this profession. And solid writing skills can be your rocket ship to putting out fires, advocating for others, and bringing your ideas to life. As I said in the intro, the dollars you spend on teaching add up fast. It's too easily accepted that teachers should just resign themselves to investing their hard-earned paycheck right back into their job. And I get it. You see the things, you want the things. You want your students to learn and have a great experience in your classroom. You have a great idea for a project, but the only way it's going to come to life is if you pay for it. Or too often than not, your students have basic needs that aren't being met, and you feel compelled to step in and purchase the things they're lacking for cleanliness, health, and sometimes food. We teachers are a special breed. We got into this profession to make a positive impact on others, even though it often leads to a negative impact on our own lives. We whip out that credit card more often than not for classroom expenses, even with our own bills and loans to pay. And that's why you need to get good at writing grants. In this two-part episode series here, I am going to share with you my tips for writing grants that get funded. So you can have the classroom and learning experiences you want to give your students without constantly digging into your own wallet. First of all, because some of you may be wondering, and that's okay, what is a grant? I'll explain. There are organizations, nonprofits, and companies that award money for projects and resources to schools and individual classrooms. After reviewing applications to see which proposals best fit the mission of the organization and make the best use of funds, 
money is awarded to those selected for the completion of the proposed project. A grant doesn't need to be paid back. You will often have to provide documentation of how the money was spent and share the results of the project or the impact of the materials. A good place to start looking for funding is Donors Choose and Get Ed Funding. I will put the link to both of those in the show notes. I recommend every new teacher set up a Donors Choose account because they provide many ways for teachers' projects to be funded through businesses and donors. A quick Google search will bring up more grant opportunities than you can imagine, and your school district may even offer funding opportunities throughout the year as well. Grants open up the possibilities of what you can do in your classroom, and they save you money. They also help you build relationships with organizations and businesses in your community. There will always be things that you need or want to purchase for your classroom, no matter how long you've been teaching. And this school year may have posed some unique needs in order to teach your students at a distance, especially with technology. The only caveat to writing grants is that the success of your application depends on how well you write it and put it together. So over the next two episodes, I will share 12 grant writing tips to teach you the best way to share your ideas and needs with funders so you can get secure resources for your classroom. Learning the skill of grant writing from the beginning of your teaching journey will serve you well throughout your entire career. These are time-tested tips from my experience of writing grants and securing funding for projects over 18 years in the classroom. Some of them may seem like very ordinary tips, very run-of-the-mill ideas, but when competing for the same funds as other educators or institutions, it's the little things that show grantors that you are a serious and trustworthy awardee. So, here we go. Number one, think project, not product. Start by brainstorming a list of ideas or things you feel would improve your ability to reach your students. It can be basic needs, up to ideas or resources that you feel would improve your students' learning environment. Then, prioritize the things on that list by importance through these questions. 1. Which ideas or resources on this list are most urgent for helping students? Consider their needs, strengths, and weaknesses. 2. What are your instructional goals? Consider Maslow's hierarchy of needs for your students as well. And three, can certain items be grouped together into one project idea or need? And this is important because clustering your ideas can help you settle on the project you want to focus on and give you a blueprint for future ideas. There's nothing wrong with wanting a document camera or a math manipulative set for your classroom. Those are valuable resources that can improve your ability to teach. The fact that you simply want one, however, shouldn't be the focus of your grant. Develop an experience or project for your students that has them use the materials requested in an innovative manner. That alone should drive the focus and the content of your grant.
Tip number two. The title of your grant is like a headline or a book cover. Only unlike the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, your title will be judged. Just like the headlines you view when you're scrolling the news on your phone, certain ones are going to grab your attention. The ones that are most interesting and most aligned with your interest. That's what gets the clicks. In this case, the interest of the grant reviewer are their organization's mission and purpose in providing the funding. A title that is unique and pertinent will stop the scroll and encourage the reviewer to turn the page. Think of the title of your grant like a movie preview. A snazzy, catchy play on words will capture the reader's attention and set your application apart from the rest, even before it has been read. Acronyms are also a great way to name your project and set its purpose. When possible, try to include the outcome of your project in the title. For example, if you had a geology project, can you dig it? Sleuthing students excavate learning with fossils. And here's a second one for a math and geography integrated project. Off the grid using map skills for math mastery. Another important note on titles, don't be misleading. Your grant title should describe the true content and nature of your project. Tip three, consider your audience and funding source. Those reading your grant and distributing funds are most likely not teachers, especially if the funding is coming from a company or nonprofit organization. They are usually business professionals who aren't familiar with educational terms and lingo. You have to step into their world and write clearly, concisely, and persuasively. Keep the education jargon to a minimum, especially acronyms. IEP, ESOL, TTI, Those aren't going to mean anything to them unless you explain what they stand for. Help them see your classroom by describing life with your students on a daily basis in plain English. This is an opportunity for people outside of education to get an understanding of the needs and issues of actual classrooms. Always tie the outcome for students back to your project and requested materials. How is this going to improve learning for students in a way that won't happen otherwise? Remember this. Grants also serve as public relations for the organizations that fund and award them. It's school business partnership where both parties benefit. If your grant application is accepted, you are being chosen to represent their mission and goals for being viewed as a supporter of education. Project proposals that best represent the mission of the company or funding source are going to become frontrunners. Learn about the organization awarding the funds. What do they produce or support? What types of projects have they funded in the past? Do your homework and apply it to your writing so you make them want you to represent them as a grant recipient. 
On to tip number four. Follow the directions. Seriously, I know that seems very basic. However, one way grants are sifted through is by eliminating those who didn't read the instructions. It's just like we tell the kids at school. Always read and follow the fine print, down to font size and margins. Your grant application is like a job application. If you don't follow the word limit, include the required information, or meet the deadline, it's already over. You've shown you don't really want the job. If you have questions about how to complete the grant, there's usually an email or phone number listed for you to contact for that information. Better to be safe than sorry in the end. Another point that I will go into more in the next episode in this series is to be sure to provide any requested information regarding items and expenses in the budget. Not doing so is also a deal breaker. Tip number five, grammar and spelling count. Word choice does too. I told you some of these be very basic, but they do matter. Whatever you do, check your work before you turn it in or have someone else check it for you. Nobody likes to read through a paper that's a minefield of mechanical errors. Not even you, teacher. (laughs) The appearance of your grant application is just another way of showing you do or don't care. No one wants to read something that goes over his or her head either. So as previously stated about writing in layman's terms, don't use jargon and attempt to impress the reader. A grant application is not a college essay. Remember from the first blog post on writing grants how important it is to consider your audience and what they may or may not know about classrooms and teaching. Just be your best self, and you may be surprised at the outcome. And tip number six, the last one for today. Avoid using filler words. I consider any word that can be left out and still maintain the flow of the writing a filler word. Fillers are fluff. The adult version of adding, I hope you like my story, or the end to your essays in school. They are little repetitive words that distract a reader from the purpose of your grant. Although you want to provide as much information as needed, you also want to be concise. Getting your point and ideas across with clarity and brevity will stick in people's minds much more than unnecessary rambling just to fill space. Let me give you an example. The word will takes up a lot of room, especially if you have a word limit for your application. You will find yourself using will over and over and over because your project hasn't happened yet. The solution? Write your grant in the present tense, and the reader can better visualize your project in action. I think it makes it sound like you have a better vision for your project when you do this, because it sounds like you're seeing it already happening, and the reader can visualize that on their end. Another good word to leave out as much as possible, that. That takes up a lot of room, too. I'm also not too fond of the word also, 
as it too can become repetitive. When in doubt, try taking them out and see if you can still have your sentences make sense. So, before the next episode, you have a two-part homework assignment. First, think about some of the needs you or your students may have coming into next school year and what resources may be needed to meet them. Do a search for at least three grant funding sources. Like I said earlier, I highly recommend donors choose if you at least know what grade or subject you'll be teaching. The second part, take a hard look at your own writing. Often as teachers, we get so caught up in the teaching of writing, if that's a subject you're responsible for teaching, that we don't take time to look at our own craft. Being able to write well is a gateway to improving your communication and sharing your voice with others. You'll feel more confident expressing yourself as a professional, whether it's sending a parent email or addressing your school board. Writing well is a ticket to getting others to take a closer look at what you have to say. So use grant writing as a means to better your classroom environment along with your ability to speak for yourself. While it may seem a little out of order with priorities to be thinking about writing grants right now, the world has indeed been out of order for much of this year. This is your way of taking control and being proactive about your needs in the classroom. And in the end, it really will make all for this episode of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a rating, subscribe, and give a review. Join us next time when we turn the page to the future of the profession. Until then, I'm Erin Spinagle, reminding you to be different, but more importantly, be the difference. And I'll see you in the next chapter.